Hello and welcome to Cannabis Nation, where we help guide you through the wonderful and complex world of cannabis by shedding light on your most burning questions and dankest desires. I'm Nick. And I'm Susan. And this is episode, episode 15. 15. It's going to be a scene. What a scream. Hell Ow. yeah. And this is the first episode of our Culture Pot yep. series. Mm-hmm. We're going to be hitting the hippie trail. Yeah, there was such a thing. Yeah. No shit, you guys. Super interesting. So we're going to be talking about the hippie trail. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to tell you a little bit of our own pot pilgrimages. Yep. But yep. first, we have an update on something that we've talked about a few times, yep. the SAFE Act. Yeah. Uh, so the SAFE Banking Act that we've talked about, but to give you a little bit of a refresher mm-hmm. on it, it's going to open up banking access uh, yeah. to cannabis business and- Legalized uh, cannabis businesses. Legalized cannabis businesses, as well as- a lot of uh, ancillary businesses yeah, as and well. This way, banks won't suffer any repercussions on the federal level or lose their federal insurance by lending to companies that are, you know, do operation in the cannabis world. Exactly. So, so it's going to open up uh, banking. It's going to open up lending, and mm-hmm. it's also going to open up use of credit cards. Yep. All sorts of really cool stuff that would help. Get all that nasty cash off the street. Exactly. So (laughs) it passed the Congress in September of last year and has recently been pushed for a vote in the Senate Banking Committee Mm -hmm. coming September. Yes. From there, the committee, as well as the Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, (laughs) will decide whether or not the bill will reach the Senate floor. Not only does he look like a turtle, but I have a feeling he's going to move like one on this issue. He definitely has... (laughs) There is a track record. There is evidence. I think that that is a safe bet. So you can put some money on that. Yeah. But what can you do? What yep. can we do? Yep. We got to call and email our senators. That's that is right. the best thing that we can do to help this move forward That's and right. help it actually it's get through. Our responsibility as citizens to make sure that the people that we send in office represent us to the best of their ability. Yeah. And you have heard us talk about this before. So actually Nick and I are on a quest on a quest. We have begun the phone calls and Mm -hmm. we have begun the emails. Yep. And we will keep you updated on some of the responses. I have to say personally that this has been a really interesting learning experience. Yeah. And I highly recommend it to all of you to put your money where your mouth is and uh, do the work and uh, let people know how you feel. Yeah. And it's not hard to do. No. Uh, they On the Senate website, you can find ways to contact your senators very easily they have a huge list on there with all that that you can narrow down to your specific senators yep and others yeah emailing and messaging is important calling is the most effective though that's what tells them you really care if you pick up the phone and give them a call absolutely there's a lot of robo email that you'll get in response but don't let don't let that you know sway you from not doing this also Finding out what committee and who's in the what committee this your issue pertains to and talking to the people in said committee on both sides of the aisle to let them know that even though you might not live in their state, they still represent your interest in a federal way that pertains to you and that that's why you're calling them and that's why you think that they need to respond to you. Exactly. So just to demystify it a little bit and hopefully, uh, you know, incentivize y'all to, to really Mm -hmm. get moving on and, and, and want to try to do this. 
It's a pretty simple process. You find their phone number on the Senate website, yep. you give them a call, and generally one of two things is going to happen. Either uh, they are going to have a messaging system that you can <laughs> leave a message, uh, just talk about who you are, that they represent you, and what you care about, yes. say, your message to them, essentially, That's just right. about the topic that you're talking about. Leave them a voicemail, then you're good. That's right. done. Or you might talk to an aide. Yes, which is the best you can hope for, yeah. actually. Yeah. You're not really ever going to talk to the senator. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they generally they will generally take a message for you essentially, yes. but you can tell them the issue that you're calling about, that mm -hmm. you support it and why you support it and yeah. they will they will tally that down and that will actually make a difference. And you can schedule most of the time I don't know about the COVID now, but you have been in the past been able to schedule an appointment okay. with your said representative yeah, or others. Now, you can get denied an yeah. appointment, but you can, you know, yeah, some people it. will see you. So yeah. just know that that is available. That's available to you as well. But it's been an interesting process. And just finding out the category of because when they do this, you have certain promptings that you have to follow. And just in the category section about what this issue pertains to when you open up a state or a region is yeah. is hilarious. Yeah. The things that are important to them that are. Oh, like yeah. Fifth Amendment rights. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh. We're talking about like when you if you go and because most of them, they won't just give you an email address. They'll no. take you to like a messaging portal Yeah, where you'll fill out a little uh, information sheet. And then the yeah, they'll have the drop down where yeah. it'll tell you, oh, what issue are you talking about? Exactly. Any of these or other. Yeah. And just seeing different what senators, different yeah. states, what they prioritize it's hilarious. is very interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. So please do it, you guys. Not just vote, but do the work. And really hold these people accountable yeah. and say, hey, I know you're on this committee. What you going to do? Yeah. Or, All hey, right? you represent me. Yeah. Represent me. What you going to do? This is so, what I care about. Yeah. And we'll uh, we'll let you know what comes up. OK. Yeah. We have had some hilarious responses so far. We definitely but, have. Uh, yeah. Enough of that. Just know that that's coming up in September yeah. as well. Yeah. Once again, it's very easy. Just pick up the phone. That's right. But into the, the main portion yeah. of our episode today. Yes. The Culture Pod series begins. Yes. And we're it, talking about the hippie trail. Yeah. It begins on a hippie trail. Yeah. Now, fun, free, l love. Love. <laughs> So the Hippie Trail, also called the Overland Trail, was actually a series of off-the-beaten tourist trap trails wandering throughout all of Asia, parts of India, and Africa. The Overland Journey was taken by members of the beatnik and hippie subculture from the mid-1950s to the late 1970s. It was between Europe and South Asia, mainly through Iran, Afghanistan, Pakistan, India, and Nepal. Now... I just think that this is so crazy. Yeah. That now you got to remember, you know, there wasn't cell phone service. No, in no it's mind blowing to think about that. People just freaking bought a plane ticket and went. Yeah. And they traveled by hitchhiking or cheap private buses and trains and ferries that traveled the route. Some drove the entire route themselves. Could you imagine in the middle of the desert, in the middle through Afghanistan? I wonder okay, where the next Iran. gas station is. Right? Oh my God. <laughs> it's just crazy to me. And then of course, since you know, it was the hippie days, you know, yeah. there were hippie trucks and buses 
handcrafted mobile houses built on truck or bus chassis to facilitate a nomadic lifestyle. Can you believe it? Some of these mobile homes were quite elaborate, too. They had beds and toilets and showers and yeah. even cooking facilities. I just think it was awesome. Well, this was like just on the coattails and also happening kind of at the same time as Ken Kesey and, yeah. and all yeah. of that. Yeah, was going on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. so huge inspiration from that, and they just took it and freaking ran with it, but instead oh. of but went through Asia and just explored and I know and did, they didn't go to these big towns either no. you know what I mean they were like in the middle of nowhere in some yeah. of these places you guys and it was such it doing the research on this too um, we learned a lot about the region and the times it was a totally different time back yeah. then I mean right now there's no way you could go the uh, the old route and no. and that's exactly you know what happened is that the hippie trail largely ended in the 1970s after the Iran revolution and Soviet invasion of Afghanistan closed the route to Western travelers, yeah. right? You know, yeah. a lot of it is going through areas that would be pretty dangerous for at least a Westerner. Oh, travel for nowadays, sure. For sure. But when you were, when we were doing the research on it, there's like places like in Afghanistan, you know, it just was just, uh, the stories that come from Afghanistan where the people were very happy and sharing. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that they were very interested in exchanging cultural traditions and, yeah. and things with no, you know people and how open yeah. people were all along the trail. That's yeah. what so many stories were saying. It was just wherever they'd go, people were just excited to Yeah, see to, them. Yeah, see yeah. them and learn something new and share what they had, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. Absolutely yeah. beautiful. Yeah. So in recent times, a much more curtailed version of the trail was created, and it's called the Banana Pancake Trail, which is named after the sweet, sometimes free, but always cheap, non-indigenous, by the way, Western breakfast comfort food that is offered to the travelers in hostels or at street vendors, yeah. and it attracts them to a particular place along the ever-shifting geopolitical boundaries that offer opportunities for safe travel. Just follow the smell of banana yeah. pancakes and you'll make it safe, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it all started uh, with sponsored students and groups of wealthy people making overland trips either for scientific purposes or adventuring and yeah. mountain climbing in the <laughs> early to mid-50s. Go on a trip, darling. Yes, let's I go don't... on a trip. Let's let's go see the exotic places. Yeah, yeah. let's follow the old Silk Road. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, reports of these trips, however, got back to the Western world. But it wasn't the science or the mountaineering no. specifically that spoke to the beatniks and the hippies. No. It was the interesting cultures <laughs> and spiritualities that existed there. Yeah. And paired with the low cost, which was reportedly as little as a pound a day. A pound a day. Uh, and the increasing disdain for Western materialism. Yeah. Made the trail extremely enticing to the counterculture. Yeah. And, you know, not only that, a lot of these places were still very religious, you know, yeah. in the big towns and stuff. And they, they had were. prohibitions. You can't do this. You can't do that. I mean, I'm sure there were cafes and places you could go. Maybe. But that didn't you were like in some back alley in some, you know, in some yeah. horrible part of town. But this way you could be out amongst the people. Yeah. And I think that really spoke to them. You know, there was gonna be opportunity to maybe do some public consumption of some things. Yeah. Some I mean, marijuana. this was like before the intense, you know, uh uh Western influence that's mm -hmm. that's been thrust upon that area of the world. So Yeah. Very culturally different at that point. Uh, yeah, and I love, too, you know, that it was a different place and a different time, you know? Yeah. Just so cool. 
And what spoke to that, too, was a lot of locals in the major destinations on this trail capitalized on the rush of Westerners, opening restaurants, hostels, Mm -hmm. tourism businesses like the Yenner's Cafe, the Pudding Shop in Mm -hmm. Istanbul, uh, Siggy's on Chicken Street Street. in Kabul, yeah, (laughs) or the Amir Kabir in Tehran. There was even a freak street in Kathmandu. I love that. And remember Bob Seger saying oh, about yeah. that? Kathmandu. Take me with me because... Oh, whoops. That's not the lyric. <laughs> I really, really, <laughs> really, really gonna do. do. I don't know. Yeah. It's Bob Seger. You just you just got to kind of growl and... Right. Girl. <laughs> and even the Rolling Stones had that song, yeah. Sympathy for the Devil. I guess the lyric, and they, I killed troubadours before they reached Bombay is actually a lyric about the trail. Oh, and then there's that one song from the 80s, Land Down Under. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I guess a head um, a hit the hippie trail on a head full of zombie. Zombie. Is the lyric. So yeah. there you go. Zombie. Crazy. Is, yeah, 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 no. Huge cultural influences that came, came from this hippie trail and, and all the people traveling it. Yeah. Um, but these places were favorite gathering spots for travelers to share experiences, mm-hmm. travel trips, yeah. even sometimes reconnect with fellow travelers that yeah. they might have split off from sure. at certain points. Yeah. You know, I'll wait for you in Istanbul for a week at the pudding shop. At the, and then I'm out. And I'm out. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> out. Great. We'll see you there. Yeah. But yes, due to war, strife and acts of God. Uh-huh. The Pudding Shop is the only one of these places on the trail still remaining. Yeah, and when we mean acts of God, we really mean acts of God. Like Freak Street was in existence until that huge earthquake in Nepal that happened in the last decade, I think it was, or decade and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So that's what demolished that. So it's it's a shame, but you know they're (sighs) Pudding Shop still there, guys. Right. It has survived. Right. Now, in 1972, a married British couple named Maureen and Tony Wheeler walked all the way from London to Singapore. Yeah. It was insane. Walked. When they returned, they wrote a booklet called Across Asia on the Cheap. And this is reportedly the first Lonely Planet travel guide. Because, you know, Lonely Planet's like this huge thing. So this was the first one. That's crazy. Yeah, isn't that great? We still have that today. And and this is what it says in the guide. uh, It reads, in Afghanistan in particular, you can get stoned just taking a deep breath on the streets. Can you imagine? (laughs) Can you imagine? They didn't smell mortar and gun smoke at the time. It was marijuana. Very cannabis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally like... different times. <laughs> yeah, it told you where to have your last drag of pot before you crossed into Iran because apparently you can't smoke cannabis in Iran. Not Still can't, I would so venture to cool. say, by the way. Yeah. And then it told you, like, you know, where to donate blood for money if you're running low on cash. And then I love this too. We learned that this wasn't in the guide, but. Another way people would recoup their expenses was by hiding hash in a jelly jar (laughs) and smuggling it back for the West for resale. Can you imagine? It was known as the Kandahar jam. I wonder if, so do you put the hash in the jam? Yes, I think you do. I know, not for me. I'm not a smuggler at heart. I'm I'm one of these people, like, I was born Catholic and guilty already. (laughs) (laughs) They'll just pull you aside just because you look guilty in general. I'm sweating. Yep. <laughs> you're doing literally nothing wrong, wrong. and you're already worried and yeah, stressed out. Yeah, I've got like, out. my hands up to be cuffed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Well, yeah, travelers brought home not only hash, but herb and seeds as well. Uh, the trail's Afghanistan leg passes through a portion of the Himalayan mountains known as the Hindu Kush. Mm-hmm. The That probably rings a bell for most of yes. <laughs> the ancient think... Yeah, the ancient Greeks referred to the Hindu Kush region as the Caucasus Indicus, Ooh. which may be the root source of the term indica yeah, probably is probably yep so this the importance of this area of afghanistan and cannabis culture cannot be overstated no 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 the famous afghani strain and its subsequent phenotypes is sourced from the subspecies of cannabis afghanica Ooh. The name Hindu Kush has reached mythological proportions Absolutely. in modern cannabis culture Absolutely. and lends its name to some of the most popular strains in the world. Mm-hmm. People brought back seeds from all over Asia, not just Afghanistan and Thailand, though. Yeah. Don't forget Indian strains, African strains, just to name a couple different strain, places that they came from. Yes. All over. All over. These travelers and their seeds changed cannabis culture forever. Forever. Yeah. Okay. We can trace all the strains we have today back to land race strains from all over the world. Many, again, coming from Afghanistan, India, Southeast Asia, as well as offshoots from the trail like Morocco and other parts of Africa. Many of these strains would have taken so much longer to reach the West if it hadn't been for these intrepid hippies. God bless them. Yeah. Thank you, intrepid hippies. (laughs) (laughs) Not only weed, though. Many cultural, religious, and spiritual ideas were brought back to the West as well that helped broaden our viewpoints. It expanded Western... Gosh, art, fashion, philosophy, music, like we were so talking much. about. Oh, my God, you guys, it was huge. I myself know how to wear a sari. I've worn a sari. Yes, yeah. I have, and not just for Halloween, and I know how to do it, you know? Yeah. So it really it cannot be understated how this trail and these people changed us in yeah. a positive way and our cul- and our cannabis culture it's it influenced awesome. so much in the west and changed so much it's incredible how few people really know yeah. about it with, yeah and with, w- yeah and when we were looking up we were gonna have like a story that we could tell you because we figured you know there'd pe- be so many stories from no the road of it. no yeah. couldn't find hardly any it was really weird you know so just know that there's other trails, too, that were taken. There's ones that went through South uh, America and mm-hmm. other things, too, that we'll be talking about because our new series, The, the Culture, Culture Pot. Yes. And now for our new something we want, you know, we're doing story time. We wanted to do personal pilgrimages of our own yes. in the cannabis world. Yes. yes. <laughs> Prior to legalization for us, there is always a way that we can take a pilgrimage of our own yes. <laughs> and we're generally forced to at least yeah. once or twice whether you meant to whether or not whether you meant to or not <laughs> finding weed and in in a world where weed is illegal can be very difficult and so, sometimes spiritual so sometimes spiritual start definitely off yeah off with us off with his personal pilgrimage yeah yeah mine will be a, a physical pilgrimage um so this Funny enough, was actually the very first time I smoked weed. Weird. Absolutely. Okay. A pilgrimage on your first go. Yeah, yeah. And it wow. was it was it was a tempest. It was <laughs> <laughs> well, you kept coming back for yep, more. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, somehow. But yeah, so 
It started with a friend of mine uh, who had smoked weed and uh-huh. and wanted me to introduce me to the wine. And, and was uh, expounding on the magical properties and the exactly. Ma- right? yeah. okay, he the was like, world of. Nick, you need to smoke some weed because you're driving me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you talk too much. You talk too much. You talk too fast. fast. You're saying so many words. <laughs> Chill out, dude. Let's just watch some fucking TV and smoke some weed. So he didn't have any weed, unfortunately, well, though. But he had been introduced to weed from some friends that he met at a summer camp. Ah. Uh, who lived uh, uh, in the major city nearby. Okay. Um. So we just turned 16. Okay, so you're mobile now. Yes, we were mobile. <laughs> So we hop in Ready the car. Ready to be able to take such a pilgrimage to the big town. Exactly. Gotcha. So we hop in the car. We head to uh, the major city and uh, his friend's house, uh, who he met at summer camp. And uh, they don't have any weed, unfortunately. <laughs> but they're like, yeah, I want to smoke some weed, too. Sure, who doesn't? Let's find some weed. And you're like, wow, these people are really motivated to smoke weed. Seriously. This has got to be some good stuff. And we were like, at this point, you know, it started with me and my friend. We've already picked up one other person. Right. So our party is growing. Oh, so your pilgrimage is, is packing people. Now you're yes. like, yes. It's, oh, you guys are kind of like when Jesus came and the masses followed and they started. Okay. What do you call Call the, anyway, never mind. Go ahead. I, you know, I don't want to compare myself to Jesus, <laughs> but if you're going to do it, I'll accept it. Um, uh, remember, we had 12 apostles at the end of that ride. Amazing. Go ahead. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. We're up to three people. Now. Three people now. So, uh, so we, we, she, we head over to her friend's house that is in the same neighborhood because she might have some weed or she might know somebody that has some weed. Well, it's a girl because chances are good. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They, <laughs> yes, <laughs> they rule the world. <laughs> so we walk into this house and, and let me tell you, this is the second house that we've been in. At this uh, yeah. Point. Okay. No, this is the third house for you because you started once your friends. True. True. Okay. I did. So a third house, but right. second house in this the neighborhood, in the pil- okay. second house in this neighborhood. And neither were these are all teenagers that we're hanging out with sure. and talking to and there are no adults around to be found whatsoever really? so we, and any of these no not huh? not at one point did we see an adult <laughs> which just blew my mind i didn't even think about it actually until afterwards they but yeah. probably had the weed anyway yeah. go ahead. <laughs> so we go to her friend's house knock on the door there's no answer we just walk right in yeah. and she is passed out drunk on the couch oh because there's no parental unit nope there there were i don't know if y'all remember four locos but they're do you know what they are oh they're malt liquor and freaking caffeine torp oh yeah oh yeah no that's a horrible idea yeah they got they they made them take the caffeine out a few years ago i can see why yeah yeah so it was actually a miracle that she was passed out i don't know how but yeah there were four empty four locos on Whoa! the table, and these are big drinks. And this is a, a, a tiny person. yeah, yes, fifteen year old sprite, I'm sure. Yep. So she is completely out of it, but her friend manages to shake her awake just long enough to get a phone number for another guy because she doesn't have anything. <laughs> She's like, "Ah, oh, just call this guy." <laughs> so we call this other guy. He says, yeah, 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 come on, head over. So, yeah, we're at the fourth house at this point. Oh, my God. And we're going over there. And there's three of you still. And there's three of us still. Yeah, we couldn't. We yeah, couldn't the fourth one is down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
No, we didn't. We didn't end up end up acquiring any more oh, people at that's this point. Sad. Okay. Just, but, so <laughs> okay, we but... head over to this next guy's house once again, a teenage guy. Yeah. Narrow head into his house. Unit. No parents. <laughs> he opens the door with a baseball bat ah! over his shoulder with nails sticking oh, out of it. I love this guy already. Yep. <laughs> this is my guy. My yep. pe- my people. Okay. Go <laughs> but and you'd expect somebody. With a baseball bat with nails sticking out of it hanging over the shoulder when they opened the door would be a little bit confrontational or a little rough around the edges, uh, but he was very welcoming. He just wants He's you like, to come know. come on in. He just wants you to yep. know. He can handle the situation if he needs to. Yep. See, I told you. My people. Yep. Go ahead. Yep. So we walk in. <laughs> he sets down the baseball bat on the table. Walks over to the corner. We're just talking, like uh-huh. trying to find some weed. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, yeah, I know a guy. I know what We guy? thought we were going to the guy's yeah, house. Yeah, I know. We thought this was the guy. Right, several times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he walks over to the corner. He's like, yeah, let me make a phone call. As he's on the phone call, he picks up a samurai sword. And has, what? And is just holding that. And oh, just my kinda God. Like, this guy's nuts. Yeah, he was <laughs> this guy's crazy. totally fucking nuts. <laughs> So he's like, yeah, yeah, I can, I can get you something, but you know, I gotta go get it though. <laughs> so now we're in a situation where we have to give him money. Yeah, he leaves. Yeah. and supposedly comes back with weed. <laughs> but he left his samurai sword there, didn't he? Yes, See, yes. We go. had weapons there, <laughs> and he just left us in his house. Once again, there's no adult here right now, but <laughs> if an adult comes back while he's gone, what do we do? So many ways this could have gone wrong, but Home somehow invasion. somehow did not. <laughs> so we wait there. It probably, it wasn't that long. It was probably 10 or 15 wow, minutes. And the guy he, was close. Yes. And I mean, I think it was the same neighborhood. It might have been his next door neighbor for all I know. Who knows? But <laughs> he just—he was sketchy. So yeah, he, he lives next door to a hell's angel. That's why he has a samurai sword. Seriously. Oh my god. <laughs> but we acquired oh the weed. He brought back the he weed. He brought back the weed. And you guys smoked him out. Uh, and he didn't smoke. What? <laughs> Right? Right? He's he's not even a, like I've heard of dealers that don't smoke weed, you know, because they just want right. to maximize the price. Sure. But he's not even a dealer. He's literally just being he's a guy that doesn't smoke weed that knows a guy that sells weed and middleman's deals. Like what? For teenagers. <laughs> And has a samurai sword and a baseball bat with nails sticking out of it. What a character, right? What a character. I love this story. Okay, 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 okay. So, where did you guys actually go smoke the weed? So, we take a walk uh, down the neighborhood, head down a little hill, and uh, the uh, girl decides, my friend's friend decides that, uh, you know, the cool spot to smoke is this little children's play set <laughs> that's just like on a busy corner with like a gas station across the street it's not like back in a park it's just like it's like one of those little like city neighborhood parks that's literally just like a street corner yeah. like just little tiny yeah, yeah, park yeah, yeah, just exactly with a play set yeah, yeah. so we're sitting on there cars are just flying by <laughs> for people at the gas station i am just so sketched out yeah 
But this whole thing, I'm almost actually even a little bit jaded at this point. <laughs> everything that I've gone through at this point. So we end up smoking our weed. Right. Everything goes okay. Right. Smoothly. Okay. We just go back to her house. Okay, there was one adult. Oh! When we arrived back at, at my friend's friend's house. Yeah. Her mother was there. Okay, of course, because you're high now. <laughs> yeah, we're super high, yeah. but she was cool. Okay. She was cool. We went down to the basement. Stacy's we... mom's got it going on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Uh, but we, uh, oh, I think we watched we watched Planet Earth, and her mom baked us cookies. See, oh. and it was absolutely fantastic. Oh. End to the night. Oh, that's great. But yeah, that was the very first time I smoked weed. So you shut up and watched a movie and had some munchies. Yes, it was fantastic. <laughs> now, what about this girl? Did we ever see her again? Not once. Never again. <laughs> Not once in my life. Never even been in, back to that neighborhood. Really? Nope. Yeah, nope. interesting. Yeah. Okay, but you did go uh, seek the dragon again some more, didn't oh, you? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah after that... Uh, we decided that that was <laughs> me and my friend who did it decided that was a little bit more work like than then, it was. Oh, worth. absolutely. So we were able to find a more local provider that we awesome. could interact with directly. Oh, there you yep. go. Always good to have a good purveyor. Yeah. So sure. definitely more of a physical than spiritual pilgrimage right. for me. Right. But definitely. Wow, I learned was... a lot. Yeah. Right on the gate lot. too. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it can't. It... Sometimes it's not easy. I mean, now that we have dispensaries, I mean, we take that world for oh granted. My God. But there were times, oh my God, you found yourself talking to people and in places that, you, like you said, you ain't never going to see these people again. Yeah. You know, I think about that sometimes when I'm bud tending. I think you were in somebody's home and they yeah. sold you weed and they like talked to you. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Such a and, situation. <laughs> anyway. Um, that was a wonderful story, Nick. Thank yeah. you very much. Now, you got one, though, huh? Yeah, mine is spiritual. Let's hear it. Okay. So much like we were talking about this hippie trail, I have been mm -hmm. on my own personal hippie sojourns, if, oh, you, if you will. Yeah. Um, I've been to many a barter fair, and <laughs> it's just one of those type of experiences. Uh, my, you know, and as you know, growing up, you know, I was... My dad embraced the culture, so nice. I was surrounded by naked people making oh. flowers for my hair, literally as a child. So, okay, you know, cool. So ish. All right, as long as it was all cool, it was cool. cool. Nobody ever got freaky. Okay, okay. But that being said, this one particular barter fair. Now, back then, I wasn't a big. I didn't drink really. Mm -hmm. That wasn't my thing. Yeah. Um, I've never I, mushrooms and stuff like that, and acid don't really maybe occasionally but not in a like a, a setting like that there's yeah. just too much going on for me you know you know me i'm queen of the pinch point i got my head on swivel I'll, you know yeah, yeah. I, I see it coming way ahead of <laughs> yeah yeah as a matter of fact if you guys ever see me run you better be right behind me <laughs> Shit's about to go down. Anyway, so I'm on this. Um, I, I go to this one barter fair and it's on Indian land. At the time, it wasn't owned and set where it is as we know it now. Okay. At this particular barter fair in this particular region, it was mm -hmm. more fluid than that. And you kind of were in different locations. In this one location, we were actually at, a, at the reservation. And so part of what the tribe did for us, which I thought was just so awesome is the the 
the spiritual leader of that particular tribe came and hung out with us. And uh, in this particular setting, it wasn't as popular as it is now. So it wasn't the like tens of thousands of people yeah. it is now. It was more like a few thousand people. Okay? okay. So it was just a little bit more personal and intimate. And we had fires every night and we'd have these drum circles and they still do, but it was a different thing. And so he comes out and he tells this ancient drum story this traditional ancient story on the drums and it's told on the drums and there's like different parts and things like this. I left. I was out there. I was part of the story. I went off into the universe. I stepped (laughs) off, man. I was there. I had had a cannabis. I I was, you know, it's the average smoke my poor mother you're smoking pot all day you're eating the goo balls all day you know you're like there okay so i'm in the circle and i'm drumming along and i and i went into a trance and i went into the the cosmos and i flew around and i was on whatever mythical creature the the drum story was about and i was in the epic tale oh my god and i was surprised when I hit my body again, yeah, it was like crashing onto terra firma. Wow. Yeah, it was the it was a physical sensation of coming back into my body. Wow. And I was pissed. Oh yeah, I bet. I mean, seriously. I bet. I was having a ride. I was swimming in the stars. I shit you not. And here I come crashing. Back to terror into my body like a physical. Oh, it was these chains. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's why I'm. That's why I'm saying that you know, depending on where you are, and depending on the experiences that you allow yourself to have. Yeah. Always be open to new cultures and new ideas, and don't be afraid to take your own pilgrimage yeah whether it's physical or spiritual well i mean the the whole thing like totally is is just like keep like like you said keeping your mind open to things Mm -hmm. like it's so easy to be a skeptic and it's so easy to shut things out yeah and you know i mean marijuana is wonderful partially because it helps open up our brains and helps helps you know make us feel more compassion for our fellow human and, and, you know, suspend disbelief and, yeah. and give and give into moments like that. Oh, it's it's absolutely beautiful. It's and greatness. that we get to share that with each other is fantastic. Thank you. Intrepid hippies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, well, thank you everyone for listening to cannabis nation. We hope this has helped shed light on your most burning questions and dankest desires. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Cannabis Nation Podcast. This is Susan. And Nick. Ending Ending on on a high by shedding light on your most burning questions and dankest desires. I'm Nick. I'm Susan. And this is episode... What episode is this? (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Episode... I think it's 50.
15. 15? 14, 15? Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Ah. Shit. What episode is this?